Hi family, this is Pastor Ricky Rush from the Inspiring Body of Christ Church right here in Dallas, Texas. I'd like to welcome you to join us anytime, every time, anywhere, everywhere on this platform for a unique experience where the Word of God is broken down in a very simple way. It's Reset with Pastor Ricky Rush. And today's message is about to bless you. So let's get ready for an amazing message from God. Lord, we thank you this morning because we've made it this far. We thank you, Lord, because there are some that went to bed last night. They woke up this morning afflicted. Some woke up this morning on the other side of this life. But we still have been blessed with our life, our health, and our strength. Clothed and in our right minds. Now, God, for the next few minutes, please, please, Lord, talk to us. Say something in just plain, simple talk so that we can get it, we can understand it. Uh, for that person, Lord, who's in a rush, help them to understand that it took a minute to get here. And uh, develop in us the patience and the value of understanding the importance of people, the importance of young people, men, women, and children, and seniors in our community, and those that serve in different areas of helping us in our government and in our spiritual development. Um, thank you, God, for that young adult who's trying to make it through college and new careers and new jobs, and that teenager and kid who's trying to deal with going to school and being exposed to all kinds of criticism and hatred in this world. And then now, Lord, we all meet up in here right now, everybody from different places. And you know all about us. You made us. And you created us. So talk to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, from my heart, thank you this morning for taking the risk and being in church, for taking the risk of being out in service. Uh, I have had a lot of fun already this morning. And to those of you that would not make it to the end of the message, I invite you again to join us in our offering Online, To those of you that are online, thank you for being a part of service. And I know this morning um, that you, you can't help but be blessed by what has happened already in service. We have been praising, we've been clapping, we've been laughing. And don't let us fool you, you know, we are tired. Right? So we're not going to be here before you very long. But I, I want you to know a couple of things before we get to the scripture. A boat that's not tied down. Now, I'm not a person that goes boating, but I have been to some docks before, and the boat that's not tied down will drift because the current, as far as the ocean is, the current makes itself, makes its way, I'm going to use these words, up to the uh, dock. And if I had anticipated saying this, I would have probably given you a great visual on it. Um, how about those young people when it comes to our announcements, guys? Aren't they just amazing? And those adults that are around them, they, they put that stuff together totally. Um, the, the sets, and now they're asking and wondering, helping, hey, let me help you with this part of the sermon, Pastor, and all of that. And I'm going, sit down. No, it's a blessing. It's just a blessing. So I thank God for your support of them. But if that boat is not tied down, back to the story, that boat will drift. Sometimes people say, do I have to be in church? <sighs> I think if you don't tie yourself to a dock, 
you're going to drift. I know there are tons of people that will disagree with that. But there are tons of people that are drifting and not knowing. How did I get out here? How did this happen? How bad have I been? And what happened to make me get this far out? Maybe because you weren't tied down. I challenge you and I thank all of you who take the risk week after week to say, God, I have to stay near the dock. It's sort of like new cell phones, right? You get a phone, I don't care how great it is, how many features it has. If that cell phone does not stay connected to the charger, it doesn't matter how many features it has or how much data it has or how powerful it is. If that cell phone does not stay charged, all it is is a frame with no ability to reach anything. If we don't stay in the word of God, if we don't make it to church and are, have the word of God brought to us the way we're able to do here online and in this presence today, I have a feeling that we'll be a picture of what we're supposed to look like without the power to reach people. I never thought I'd imagine that before we could lay hands and pray on people, we'd have to do two things. I didn't think we'd have to sanitize ever. We just didn't think about that or put on gloves. However, God has provided us with sanitation and a glove, and we expect to touch people. We expect, expect to reach lives continuously. And so my, my prayers are out for all of us. So as we look now into the story, we know Easter Sunday. Um, I was talking um, to one of my little cousins on yesterday and said, well, we, have no, I, we, have no, we don't have to wonder about what the sermon is going to be about tomorrow because we know what this day is and we know what this is about. However, here at IBOC, sometimes God takes us in a different direction. We're going to stay with the same story of the resurrection of Christ but what about, what about those of you in here who know of people and times in your life and you've endured some things and no one really knows what you've endured? We have been constricted for a year. Some of you, some of us, we have not openly stretched our praise muscle. You know what that praise muscle is? You know, in our culture, we lift our hands. I've been in funerals now and people stay away. You know, they don't touch each other. They don't hug each other. Families that don't hug each other. Why? Grandma's dead or a mom's died or dad died or grandpa died or the baby died. And we're told don't touch each other. That's just not our culture. That's not our heart. And there are people who walk with you all through your life until you go through a tough time. And then it's hands off. I want to tell you, everyone will do that except God. And every once in a while, God will touch somebody who's going to come out from among the crowd who will touch your life and let you know that God is still with you. Now, let's, let's just do something. We don't have to be here long, okay? We don't. And if you choose to be, I'll stay here because we got, you know, I don't mind. I'm so glad to see people. I, I want to talk all day anyway. So, let's just stretch our praise muscle. Now, this is going to feel different for some of you because we don't do this a lot. But I would not get, get this message and deliver this message without doing so. All right? We're going to pretend we're at 24-hour fitness where right now all of us have um, memberships. How are you going to have a virtual membership to 24-hour fitness? And you're going to watch a video to show you what to do that you didn't want to do anyway. But that's the way we do. So let's do this. I want you to just take your hands right now and let's just do a little. This is, this is called a praise, okay? I'm not trying to get you to be a part of anybody's ritual. This is a praise, okay? Come on, do it again. That's gonna, it feels a little weird. It feels a little weird because we don't do that a lot. Okay. 
All right, can y'all turn the skunk song for me, please? Also, also, now let's do this. Let's just lift our hands a little bit. Okay, look at that. See, that's a good praise stretch. Now, now, and, and sometimes people will expect you to praise God, but they haven't walked you through it. They have not walked you through it. It takes a little bit. Okay, now some of your hand praises are different. Some of you are in here. Okay, because you're not sure. You know, uh, I mean sure. Okay, so your secret just told it on you, but it's okay. All right, so your hands are up, okay? Some of you who just got your nails done, you got it like this, you're doing like that, that's wrong. <laughs> you want, okay, so that's a praise, all right? Now, just take one hand and just wave it. Just like, woo. Okay, that's like an antenna that's saying, God, you know, if you're giving out any power, I'll take some. Okay, okay, and another one, just, just do your head up and down like yes. Okay, and that's like, okay, about six or seven of those and I'm going to sleep. But, but there are so many different ways of praising. So what did we just do? Let's do one of these. Okay, cool. One of those. Hallelujah. One of these. And not too many of these. Right. So in any way, I just want you to just get used to being back in this environment. Um, and I'm, <laughs> it is. It took us, what, sometimes 20 or 30 years to learn how to praise God. Then we got shut down. You remember trying to watch service online, those of you that are still um, in the building. But some of you are online. It's difficult, isn't it? Remember the first time you had the real serious challenge and you said, I've got to watch service. I've got to watch service. And you sit on the side of your bed. Devil number one. Don't ever watch church in the bed. Because before you know it, you get comfortable. You ever started watching church like this? And some of you did it on your phone. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And then you thought you were saved enough to prop it up on something. And you remember when you thought you were going to pray with us when I was praying and you never came out of it. So we've learned that ah, it's comfortable, but man, it takes a lot to watch service online. So those of you online laying down, get up. You can't do that. Okay. Uh, anybody ever got cut off Wi-Fi and just decided, Lord ain't talking today, and you didn't turn back on? How can, how can church compete with TikTok? That's amazing. So, so there are a lot of things that we have to endure to get back into this kind of an environment. And I just thought it'd be okay to take a little time and have a little fun. So let's get right to the heart of the message this morning. In the book of St. Matthew, something happened. Jesus was being accused. And when Jesus was being accused, um, they found him guilty even though he was innocent. The thing that frustrates us the most about Jesus is that he wouldn't, he wouldn't cuss him out. We expected him to lose his godliness just because the world was acting a fool with him. Some of you said, if I had been Jesus, if you had been Jesus, you wouldn't have gotten, you wouldn't have resurrected. <laughs> I mean, there's some conditions you have to be in to be resurrected. You know, you would have talked too much and got your head chopped off. Now, how are you going to get up with no head? Okay. But he kept his godliness in the midst of being accused, lied on, he committed no crime. It's horrible when you've committed no crime and you can't even prove that to people who say they loved you. One thing the enemy is going to do in your life before you die is to create doubt around those around you. And you have two choices then. You either live out your godly character as best you can or you give up and say, well, I might as well give in to the enemy anyway. 
And what about those people who just always believe that God is going to get the last word? Let's go see what happens. In the book of St. Matthew, the 27th chapter, and I'm going to talk as if I'm talking to someone. This is your first Sunday in church, and you just don't like to be here that long. Okay? And I understand that. All right? We have very comfortable chairs, but that could be a problem for some of us. All right. Matthew 27th chapter. We're going to start at verse 57 because now Jesus has been crucified. Now Jesus, even his best buddies and those people who believed in him are like, man, this is bad. We left our families and friends and this is really horrible. One guy, Judas, sold him out, made a little money off of him. But when he saw Jesus, he realized he didn't do any of this. He killed himself. And all the people who seem to be loving the Lord are going through troubles. I want to talk to you personally for a minute. If you're looking at that screen or you're looking at that camera, I'm going to talk to you personally for a minute. You start to encounter individual issues when you become a Christian. And those individual issues start to reflect who Christ is in your life. See, you got two kinds of people when you come to church. You got people that are performers. And they're going to always do what they're supposed to do. And those are people that are very, you know, high in your visual globe. And uh, we call those a lot of times just landmark Christians. Some of you, when people come to church, they just look for you. They just look for you. You've been there so long. You are a symbol of what it looks like to be in church. And then there are those who are just not, uh, Daytriana, they're not just like a, a landmark high performance. There comes a level of trustworthiness where you can always depend on them. And my question today is, are you a high performer or are you a trustworthy Christian? I mean, I'll do it when people come, but when nobody's watching, I'm really not going <laughs> to praise God. I'm not going to do all that stuff. If they tell me, I will, but because eh, I'm a high performer and I'm obedient and I want people to see what I'm doing. But when I'm by myself, do I really thank God? This is where you can say amen part. Or not. I don't want to teach you to lie in church. Or when I'm by myself, do I really say, God, I need your help? Or will I say that when at church they tell me to do that? When I say to people, I'm waiting on God to do something and God does a move, do you stop? Do you finally just take it on your own hands? Well, if God's not handling it right, I got to take care of my business. I got to let people know where I stand. And God is saying to you, don't you move now. Don't move. This is the greatest trial of your life. Your mother, your father, your grandparents, your friends, your coworkers, your husband, your wife, somebody's depending on your patience. Don't move. Stand still and watch me work this out. And if I don't work it out, I'm going to change you. I may not move anybody else, but watch me move you. So they crucified him, and now we're going to talk about this woman. And I want y'all to come in here Wednesday night. And uh, for one hour, from 7 to 8, or if you can go online, the women of God in this ministry, you know, I'm going to say we, I'm not one of them, but we've been blessed in this ministry to have women's fellowship on Wednesday night. Uh, and all the women and young women, teenagers, young adults, professionals, uh, single parents, all that, you know, it doesn't, if you're a female, you're invited. And if you're a male and you own the internet in your house, you can watch too. They didn't want me to say that. But, I mean, you know, because it's remote, so you really can't keep the volume down from guys, right? 
I think men will learn a lot from it. Matthew 27, 50, 55. Uh, in the New International Version, it says, okay, now many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee. And they followed him and to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. As the evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. And so going to Pilate, he asked Pilate for Jesus' body. Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance of the tomb. And when he did that, he left. Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary. How would you like to be put in the Bible as the other Mary? I'm sorry, that was way off, but it's just... Then he went off, and, 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 and Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. He's gone away from it, but Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary were sitting opposite the tomb. Our subject this morning, really quick. He didn't drop me, and I won't leave him. He didn't drop me, and I won't leave him. You might as well leave now. It's done. It's over. You look crazy. There's nothing else left to be done around here. It's all done. Maybe these are the words that Joseph said to Mary Magdalene when he put the stone in front of the tomb. Mary's just sitting there quiet. She's kind of stunned. She's kind of shocked. She's in grief. She's crying. And nobody's listening to Mary, but she's saying he's actually dead. They have killed my Lord. Her eyes are red, tears rolling down her face. Just like the sweat was running down Jesus' face as he was on the cross. His sweat didn't stop pouring, his blood didn't stop pouring, and her tears can't stop flowing. A couple of times, she felt like she's all cried out and she's done. And every time she thought about what just happened in just the last 24 hours, every time she thought about the fact that Jesus, whom she loved, as much as she loved her own life, he's dead, he's gone, he's gone forever. Then her tears would start again. I don't know how many of you have ever cried until you couldn't cry anymore. 
And as soon as you dried up, it seemed like God gave you another supply of tears and you just cried all over again. Mary Magdalene was one of those who had been loving and courageous enough to have stood by the Lord to the very end. She was, she was at the crucifixion. She was at the burial. Because following Jesus had become a pattern for her life. I, I want you to know this morning, Mary, whoever you are, because I know you're in here and you're listening. Following the Lord has become a pattern for you. It's kind of like one of those habits, and people are like, don't you get tired of that? Don't, can you, can you, do you have another life? And you did have another life. <laughs> and that's why you're following Jesus now. Some people met you on the other side of this life. Don't you have a kid? Don't you have a man? Don't you have a life? Can't you go somewhere? Been there, done that, been there, done that. And I wouldn't be where I am now had it not been for him. So get out of my face because I'm following the one who didn't drop me. When I got old, you dropped me. When I ran out of money, you dropped me. When I couldn't perform, you dropped me. When I didn't seem to know what I was doing, you dropped me. When I didn't get graduation, when I didn't, you dropped me. But, but he, oh, I'm talking to some praises I know. But he, he never left me. She was a part of one of those small groups like the disciples. Everywhere Jesus went, everywhere Jesus went, there she was. Everywhere Jesus went, she was there. She was there. And she was one of the strongest, most visible supporters of Jesus. And so the scriptures don't tell us when Jesus and Mary met. They didn't talk about that. What, what the gospel tells us in Mark and Luke is that Jesus had met Mary and she had seven demons. And he cast these demons out of her. And so... A lot of the interpretation refers to those demons, uh, meaning that Mary Magdalene was a wicked woman. Because they knew she, he cast some, some demons out of her. So they thought she was a wicked woman. Maybe she was a prostitute before she met Jesus. And so there was a shelter. There were shelters put up called um, Magdalene Homes for women that were wicked and women that were wayward. And we never got any reference as to why they would pull such a bad harassment on her name that would last forever. But that's what would happen. And if you Google Mary, you will see her in this horrific, horrible title that never goes away. No, if you Google her, you will find this horrible title that never goes away. They describe her as being a woman that was a prostitute that never prostituted. But somebody put it out there. And Jesus took the risk of casting out whatever demons she had. And Mary took the risk of saying, I'll never leave him. At some point... The lives of Jesus and Mary crossed, and he did for her what he did for you. He healed her. <laughs> See, some people met you when you were all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people met you after you got your step together. You know, and they brag about how great you are. Honey, they didn't meet you when you were. They didn't know you then. By the time they met you, God had already... Laid it out for you. That looked pretty good. Please get this point. I'm 60 years old. I can't keep doing this right here, right there. No, so some people met you like that. But he, he healed her. And when he healed her, she was different. When he healed you, you were different. When God blessed you and let you graduate and get your raise and get your car and get all that stuff that had made you wonderful. Now you're in the top 10. God healed you when you weren't even in the top 1,000. Now everybody wants to be a part of who you are because he 
healed you. And they can't seem to understand what is it that makes you drawn to him. After today, you can tell him he didn't drop me. I was heavy. Are there any heavy people in the house? Are there any heavy people out in the audience that are online? Weren't you heavy? You had so much going on in your life that today you still don't want to admit how heavy you were. You were so heavy, everybody said, you know, I'll check you later. God said, no, I'm going to heal you now. He didn't drop you. You cry. Your emotions are all over the place. You are sometimes here and sometimes there. You're never satisfied. You don't like your weight. You don't like your hair. You don't like your skin color. You don't like your family. You don't like your feet. You don't like your up. You don't like your down. You don't like your inside, outside. You hate everything about you. Woo, you're too heavy. But God still said, you're mine. You're mine. You're mine. And, 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 and so she was in a bad position. But the Bible tells us that Mary had been connected with the primitive dye works or the textile industry of that community. That's how she afforded the money she had. She was not a prostitute. She was a hard worker. She couldn't help the way she looked. She was a single woman. And so she was able to follow Jesus without having to deal with the responsibilities of a family. So now that she's healed, this healed Mary supported Jesus on his travels. She was a giver. This healed Mary devoted her time to a person who had given her back her life. I don't know if you know that it was God that gave you back your life, but to anybody doubting, that's why we're here. Somebody said, Pastor Rush, how can you stay in there three services every Sunday and a Monday night by yourself because you don't know who gave me back my life. And until you've been with him by yourself before, at some point you realize, I love you, I love you, I love y'all. But I know what's going to happen if I get heavy. So he gave her her life back and she was grateful. How many grateful people am I talking to right now? He gave your life back and she was grateful. That sounds like some praises in the room. See, a thankful heart and a grudging spirit, they don't go together. Some people are thankful, but you fuss too much. People don't know how thankful you are because you complain too much. As blessed as you are, you still complain. I know your back hurts, but you got a back. I know that was kind of crazy to some people. Selfishness always asks, what can I get? Ingratitude always asks, what can I keep? Thanksgiving always says, what can I give? Mary was thankful. If you're thankful right now, I want you to say, thank you, Lord. No, come on. I know you're cool. I know you're cool. So, so no, 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 no. If you're my boy and you're in the house right now and you're just like leaning and chilling, you know, I'm just trying to hear it, make you hear it and get out. I want you to give a cool thank you, Lord. But I want you to open your mouth right now and say, thank you, Lord. Okay, see, I can't see you. That's why I don't have eyes on you right now. I just want this to be between you and God. Because at some point, if God's going to open a door for you to come public, he's saying, I want you to know that somebody's looking at you. And you need to let me know how thankful you are that I brought you this far. Because if you look around closely, you're too heavy for anybody else. You're too heavy for the people in your life. You're fussing because they don't understand you. I'm sorry, you're too heavy. A thankful person, that's what Mary was. 
Jesus, you know, basically, let's just say he was poor because he didn't, he wasn't flashy, he didn't have a lot of things. But God always provided for Jesus and his disciples. And so they had to depend on other people where they were going to eat, how they were going to provide on the road. God would supply their needs. Mary was one of those ways and one of those people who had a job that made money, but she was so grateful that she gave. That's why we do offerings in church, y'all, because grateful people give. And gratitude is when you give someone to something, give someone something, or you give, let's just say that, I'm just saying, grateful people, gratitude is this. You give to someone and you never expect anything in return. Not ever. That's the way grateful people do. They didn't say thank you. It's okay now. Not ever. Not ever. So he had nothing, but everything was always provided for him. And nobody who has a loving friend that's going to provide and help you in your life, you're never poor. You may be wasteful, but you're never poor. Because if God's going to bless you with some healthy people, you're never going to be poor. So Jesus and Mary, that's a pretty good team. Let's talk about it. They gave to each other. She provided physical and financial support that he needed, the food and the monies and the things and the amens and the praise gods and Lord, you are worthy and great, all of that stuff. She provided that. And then she gave financial support and he gave her what? Spiritual nourishment that she needed in her life because she was too heavy. She was jacked up. Let me just talk to some real people now. Since most people are, you know, you've maybe checked out. This, this, this girl was jacked up. She had issues. She needed the Lord, and God answered her prayer. I don't even know if she prayed or if the demons just showed up. I'm in the zone now. I don't even know if she prayed, but I realized, I think, that if when he showed up and demons showed up, Jesus said, one of us got to go, and he just started casting it out. I don't know if he laid hands on him. Maybe he did a remote casting. Maybe he virtually cast it. Maybe he just spoke to every demon. But whatever it was, when he came in contact with her, whatever was going on in her life left her. And Jesus realized now, she's still around. In some relationships, one party always gives and the other always receives. And sometimes the one who's receiving kind of believes that he or she has nothing to give. And so they don't offer anything. But let me tell you, sometimes a giver is too proud to receive anything. And sometimes some of you are wondering, I don't know why people aren't giving to me or why blessing me. Because you're too proud to receive anything. You've gotten accustomed to acting like you have everything always together. Mary, Magdalene, and Jesus... Gave to each other. Sometimes you're wondering, I don't know why people don't bless me. Because you've gotten used to walking like you don't need anybody anymore. I'm not saying you got to look needy and complain. But you forget sometimes to look and think, wait a minute, God, I've sown some seeds. But I need people too. God had to speak to me in some serious areas of my life about that. Because I just didn't want to deal with having to always repay people for something. And God said, you got to free yourself and learn that I'm blessing you through people that you can't stand. Therefore, you've got to learn to forgive so I can get your next blessing to you. Sometimes you may wonder why people don't pick you up when you're walking to work. You have made walking to work look like a joy. You don't look like you ran out of gas. You look like you exercising. You need to start walking and looking. 
That's when people pick you up. But if they see you're not looking, they know you're going somewhere. But if you're looking, that means you're expecting them to help you get somewhere. That's that praise thing right there. Jesus and Mary, y'all, they needed each other. There's somebody that you're going to need in your life that you don't even know right now. And the enemy is trying right now to tell you, you don't need them ever. And that's why it's ridiculous to be prejudiced and hateful. Because you just don't know who God's going to use when everybody else drops you. So there's Mary and there's Jesus. Was that easy to do? Was it easy for you to come out here today? No, it wasn't. You have to answer to some friends and people. Haven't y'all heard about that virus? You know Corolla out there. You know, because we, you know, we, Corolla, Condona, you know, we, oh, girl, I ain't worried about Corona. I drink that all the time. That ain't the same one. So in order for Mary to do what she did, let's go and have church now. It took courage. For her to support Jesus, it took courage. For you to support Jesus, for you to come out here today, it took courage. For someone that looks like that and acts like that, can you imagine how it looked to the sick, petty, trash mind people of that era for a single woman like Mary Magdalene to follow this single man such as Jesus all around the country and Jesus was good looking. If you don't believe he was good looking, look at the person next to you. No, no, look, go ahead. I'm not the person next to you. Look at the person next to you. Let's go. See, God ain't never made nothing ugly. Now you tell that person if they're ugly or not. I'm, I'm not going to get into all that. But no, so he was a good looking man because he had the glow of God on his life. And we can just imagine the cruel things that people must have said about Jesus and Mary. Some undoubtedly said that Jesus was taking advantage of this woman. He's taking advantage of this woman because she makes a lot of money. And he's got her feeding all of these disciples. And so he's cast some kind of spell over her. And he's taking her for a ride. And, and uh, he's trying to get her for all that he can get. And, and, and some probably talked about how she was running after Jesus. I can imagine the talk in the, in the, the saloon and the salons and at the nail shops about Jesus and Mary. Jesus is in the hopes of, of fulfilling uh, his mission for God. He's, he, she's looking like she's trying to fulfill some of her fantasies. Come on, you know it. And thus, they labeled her. But the labels didn't stop her from... I'm trying to hear it. I'm, try, I'm trying to hear it. Hey, 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 hey Demon, let, let, let's look at this. So uh, we, we've watched a circus before, right? And people in the circus, that walk on those tight ropes, uh, high wire, you know, those people up there. You know, the, the reason they do that is because um, they have... Courage, and, and, and they have courage because they know that if they fall, there's a net that's going to catch them. And, and, does that make sense, Mike? And if you don't think that there's a net, you don't take the chance. That's our faith. I just realized if I fall, Mary 
realize I've been down before. I've been talked about before. I've been lied on before. So I'd rather take my chances and stay with the man Jesus who brought me to this point. I'm asking a question this morning. To the millennials of this world, to the young adults in the ministry, come on. Who brought you here? And if you didn't understand until now, he kept you. You're, you're heavy. Mary knew what she was all about, though. She didn't, at some point, couldn't listen to him. Somebody said, where there's smoke, there's fire. And so right now, somebody's looking at you and your life with Christ, and they see that you're smoking. Tell them, come a little closer. I need you to feel this fire. There's an anointing coming from your life. No, you're not just smoke. That's right. There's a fire inside of you. Come on now, after 52 weeks of being away from service, are you still on fire? What's keeping your pilot lit? Oh, are you one of those people that have to be around all of us? Sometimes it takes everybody together to make a good barbecue. One coal won't do it. Why don't you leave, Mary? It's crazy. She followed him to the end. She followed him through the ups and downs. She was with him when he was with the crowds. One week, y'all, they were singing his praises. Those same people that crucified him, y'all, they were singing his praises. She heard that Palm Sunday crowd calling, Hosanna. They were hollering out, Jesus is the bomb. We love you, Jesus. Go, Jesus. You fed my kids, Jesus. You helped feed me 5,000 when we fed those 5,000. I got some fish and some bread. Jesus, you got some more of that fish. They loved him. You're the bum, Jesus. I was there when you walked on the water. They told me about it. When you healed the blind man, Jesus, that was cool. They, they were shouting his praises. And, and Mary Magdalene was in the background realizing, wow, they've had the same experiences. And she heard that Palm Sunday crowd. But then she heard that Thursday night mom say, crucify him. He shorted me on some fish. My cousin got three pieces. I got a two piece. Crucify him. My uncle was blind and he started seeing, but my nephew, he touched my nephew. My nephew was cross-eyed. Just all kinds of ridiculous things. Some said, bless him. And the same crowd, y'all, not the, no. I, let's, 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 let's just play a little church game right now since we're all in here and, and it's taken us a year to get here. Let's just make it worth it in case you don't come back ever in your whole life. When I say now, I want everybody to say, bless him, okay? Everybody in the house, through your mask, okay? Now. Now. When I say now this time, say kill him. Now. Okay. Number one. Number two. One. Two. One. Two. One. Two. It's the same people. The same people that said, we love you. Said kill him. And so guess what Mary was in the crowd? Did some of you right now get mixed in the crowd just because someone else influenced you to say kill him? Yeah, I said kill him. And I saw you following your instructions. But now 
maybe someone got mixed up in the crowd because they really didn't know Jesus, but they followed the crowd. And so Mary is taking a huge risk of following him now because everybody that said they loved him when it was time to prove his love, they left. And it looks like everybody who follows Jesus is going to go down. But she said, oh, <laughs> I've already been there. She was there when they put him besides two criminals. What's he doing around these people? She was there when he put, they put the cross on him and he stumbled and he fell so many times with that cross. She was there when that black African man, Simon, picked that cross up and started walking with her. She wanted to be him. I want to pick that cross up so bad. She was there when he said, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves. She saw Jesus nail to the cross. She saw, as the old preacher said, they hung him high and stretched him wide. She saw him die. She saw him taken down off of the cross. Do y'all understand the junk that Mary Magdalene went through? Mary was there when his body was taken down off that cross. And they laid him in that tomb. And they rolled into her in front of that tomb. And now she's sitting there going, man, who would have ever thought it was going to end like this? Just a few weeks ago, we were on a high. And now he's dead. The man that was so loving and so noble, there's no life in him. Who would ever thought that this guy's life would end up like this at such an early age? But she vowed to follow Jesus to the end. No matter how bad things turned out. Let me get to the end of the message. She did what she was supposed to do. Sometimes, y'all, let's just look at it real simple. Things don't, can I, can I be, can I, is it okay for me to? Sometimes, guys, when you do the best you're supposed to do, and you do everything right, sometimes things don't turn out right. But the key is you're able to say, I did what I was supposed to do. Sometimes relationships fall apart and you were thinking everything's going to be all right and it just doesn't get, it, it goes crazy. But you're able to say what? I did everything that I was supposed to do. Sometimes your children don't turn out the way you thought. You thought this boy was going to be this and this girl was going to be that and the streets got to them and the streets got in their head and you were trying your best to warn them and tell them and show them and love them. But things turn out differently but the key element is you did everything that you were supposed to do you're not a bad parent give yourself some slack stop killing yourself they're gonna make it through it but the enemy's gonna tell you it's your fault it is not your fault you did what you were supposed to do you can't make the decisions for them She did what she was supposed to do. She said, I'm going to be with him until the end because he didn't drop me. Sometimes I can preach a sermon and at the end of the sermon I'm going, well, I don't know if it went over well and I don't know if it blessed anybody. I don't know if anybody will come to the Lord, but at least I have a consolation in my heart of realizing I did what I was supposed to do. So Mary left the tomb. Let me end it. And when she left the tomb, I imagine that she said, I'm going to come back. 
John tells us in the Gospel of John that the first day of the week, Mary came to the tomb, and while it was still dark, she saw that stone rolled away. What? I said she came back just like she said, and she saw the stone rolled away, and 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 Peter, and and she 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 ran away, and and she t told Peter and John, John, they saw it, and and they left, and when Peter and John saw it and left, she stayed. What? She stayed, and when she stayed called her name Mary go tell them that I'm alive wait a minute wait a minute I get to be the first evangelist why because you stayed why you pick me Lord because you didn't leave me I told you I was coming back I told you it was going to be all right but God words out Jesus it's out that you died it's it's everybody knows you as the person that was for evil he said but I want you to go tell them that I'm back that's the challenge I have for you this morning can the Lord depend on you Maybe for just the next 90 days to say, hey, y'all, he's back. The Lord is back. Church is opening. Oh, you're crazy for going out there. I know y'all said I was crazy for going in the first time. But I want you to know the Lord lifted me. He picked me up. And because she kept lingering, she was able to tell everybody that he came back. And she kept waiting and waiting. And let me tell you, time that's spent waiting on the Lord, y'all, it's not wasted energy. Time that's been waiting on the Lord. There's a lesson that we have here from, from Mary Magdalene's experience. Love is rewarded. If we stay when others leave. I'm talking about the body of Christ all over the world now. If we stay when others leave. If we keep going when others stop. If you draw near when others draw away. If you stay on your knees when others give up. If you just keep loving when others lose their patience, if you believe when others are doubting, if you give freely when others are just kind of, you know, scrimping along, serving the Lord is going to pay off after a while. You just keep serving the Lord. We talked last week about a woman that was sick 18 years. 18 years she went to church. Everybody looking at her like, well, whatever. And then that one day, There's somebody in this room right now in your mind you've made up in your heart. Somebody told you God didn't care. They lied on him. And you believed them. And now you need him. And you can't go to him because you believe the lie. Let me tell you today he sent me here to tell you. He does love you. Your stuff was never too heavy for him. You just shared it with the wrong people. You put your load on weak people. They have never been able to carry you. They've never been able to hold you up. And it wasn't their responsibility to hold you up. Something happened last week and I'm going to share it with you. Do you all know what this is? 
You probably don't. This is a, I don't even know how I can get a better picture of it. But I'm going to do something before I do it. This is a, I got a phone call one morning from a sister who said, Pastor, you would not believe what I just saw. And I said, I don't know what you saw. So I don't know if I would believe it or not. I want this to bless somebody. Where Mike are you? Are we doing? We do with church. I want you to bless. I want this to bless somebody. She said, and and some of you wouldn't. Some of you, I don't know. Camera, okay. The, because of what it's in, I'm gonna I'm gonna take. And I I don't take this out ever, but I'm gonna do this. She said, I was riding in my car the other day. I left church, and I had put my First of all, y'all, anybody recognize this? Canna? No. Really? It doesn't make noise. So she said, I put my tambourine on the back of my car and I drove home. And when I came back, from home, it was on a Friday or Thursday. I'm just, I don't know the day. It was on a Thursday or Friday. And she said, I went back on a Saturday or Sunday, two days later. It had fallen off my car. Oh, y'all got it. Okay. It had, boy, it's a wonderful team. I appreciate y'all. It had fallen off my car. And it was laying in the street. She said, I passed by it one day. And I thought, oh, there it is. She said, then I passed by it the next day. And I noticed it had been run over several times. And I said to her, wherever you are right now, stop. Go back and get it. Pick it up. Bring it back. She said, oh, Pastor, it's, it's, it's nasty. It's, it's been run over. It's been, it's been, it's been torn up. It's, it's, trucks have run over it. It's, it's horrible. I said, it doesn't matter. It has a story now. Before, it was just like all the other tambourines in the church. But now because it's been run over and torn up, and that's what everybody wants to do when you run over and torn up. They, they want to say, you're not any good anymore. I just pray the day when somebody drops you and others run over you, that God will send somebody to you to recognize that you're the same. I don't, I'm trying not to do this right now. But somebody's going to pass by who noticed you. They don't, you don't look like you used to look. Maybe you look like you're going to look for the rest of your life. But at least now you have some good memories. And I told her, I said, I said go get it. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. She told me she went back to go get it. 
And right before she got to it, you know those big trucks that go through the streets with those sweepers? She said, the sweeper man was coming. And she said, I was approaching it. And the sweeper man was coming, and she said, he's coming that way. And I'm on the phone. I said, beat him to it. Y'all don't get it. I said, race him to it. She said, what? I said, race him. Don't let him. Don't let him get there first. Kind of reminds me of you and Jesus. When we were all torn up on our way to hell, Satan thought he had us. The devil was about to sweep us in. And God said, hurry up, Jesus. Y'all don't. <laughs> hurry up, Jesus. Get there first. Pick my baby up. Put him in a safe place. I'm so sad that sometimes people don't know your value because they don't know your story. They don't know that God made you new. They don't know that he changed your life. They just see you like this. They don't know why you praise God. They don't know why you clap your hands. They don't know what you used to be. And they don't know why you're waiting on God. Somebody here this morning. Jesus picked up the pieces. I said to her, I said, when did you get that tambourine? And that's why I wrote it on here. You'll see the date right there. I said, when did you get it? She said, we got this back in 2009. It's 2021. 12 years later, it finally got run over, but it still has a story. Somebody in here, you may not do like you used to do, but you got a story now. Can somebody raise your hand and say, you don't know my story? Hey, <laughs> I haven't always been like this. I haven't always had money. Now everybody wants me. Now everybody wishes I was in their group. Now everybody wants to date me. Now everybody wants to hang out with me. But you don't know where I come from. I was alone by myself. And God picked me up. God gave me another chance when nobody else wanted to be around me. It was love. I want to talk to that person in here right now. 
I want to talk to that person. I'm going to talk to that person. And that was just a little praise moment I had, y'all. I ain't crazy. I'm okay. I'm all right. 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 I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. But he's been good to me. No, that's your praise right there. That's your praise. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how educated you are. You haven't always been like that. I said, go back. Pick it up. Bring it back to the church. Because <laughs> that's what the church is. A whole bunch of people been dropped run over almost swept aside but God said that's still my baby God said you're still mine okay so you had a rough life and you went to jail and you went down and you had this and you had that and 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 and, and, and all they know about you is how horrible life was but God said you know what you're still mine. And the next time they see you, they won't recognize you because you don't look like what you've been through. Can I get just two people, just two of you that's courageous enough to be like Mary, to just walk a little bit of an aisle, don't touch anybody, but just let somebody else know, I don't look like what I've been through. <laughs> Can I, I see one right there. Thank you, there's another one. But, but I, I just, somebody here. Now, this ain't that crazy stuff that folk do. This is intentional. Somebody needs to know. Somebody's jealous of you, but they don't know what you've been through. And you ought to be ashamed to not want to tell somebody that he's been good and he's still good right now. That's just what we do. That's just what we do. If it's been bad, your season is about to change now. And now, let me tell you about seasons now. The, the devil goes away for a while, but he comes back. So it's going to resurface again. Everything that went crazy in your life, the devil said, I'm going to bring it back. And every time he brings it back, God says, I'm still here. Oh, I wish I could, I wish I could. All right. It's your season now. We just left a bad, bad winner. God want me to tell somebody in this room right now, it's time for you to blossom again. It's time for you to blossom again. It's time for you to blossom again. Brother, it's time for you to blossom. Brother, it's time for you to blossom. You've been dead. Your leaves are falling off your tree. All people know is about how bad your leaves are. God said, 
I'm connected to your root and this is your season for grace mercy anybody here anybody glad to still be alive we saw a lot of people die People think that we don't love them anymore because we couldn't be in the hospitals with them. We couldn't be in delivery rooms with them. We couldn't be at their weddings. We, everything that we've always done. People think they've been dropped. They've been run over. And all of us probably gave up. But late in the midnight hour, God shook somebody in this room and said, hey, if nobody comes to wait, I want you to be like Mary. And you might have to wait by yourself, but wait. Young man, to all of my college students, you may seem like the only one out there, man. But wait on it. Satan would love to bring you back to your family in a body bag. But I declare in Jesus' name right now, not you. He's not going to get you. We're going to speak life into you right now. Right now. Your mama, your daddy, your grandma and grandpa have invested too much in the kingdom for Satan to get you. This is your season for grace and favor. This is my season to reap what I have sown. Have you given anything? This is my season. Say that for grace and favor. This is my season to reap what I have. Have you done good at all? See, when you do good, it just doesn't seem like it for a season of your life. God, what, what, what went on? God said, that's just a season, son. You got to have those winter times. See, winter time not only tells you about yourself, it, it tells you about the people attached to you. Your winter season will run folk away from you. That's just a, tent, a test of their strength. Don't be mad at them. Yes, it hurts. But it was a test of their strength. You're about to blossom again. One little bub at a time. I look at you today. God has said, I want to show you. The church is not dead. It's budding. I want you to turn to somebody with your mask on and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. No, with confidence, I'm still here. Listen, everything is working together for my I need a praiser. Everything is working together for my good. Can you lift your hand and tell the devil everything is working together for my good. Woo. It's working. It's working. It's working. It's working. It's working. 
I'm young, but God knows my heart. I'm a child, but God knows my heart. I'm a teenager, but he knows my heart. And he's working, and he's working, and he's working, and he's working, and he's working. Why? This is my season. Where is the sister that used to stand right here? Where is the sister that stood right here? Where is the brother that stood right here? Where is the sister that stood right here? Answer to the question. I don't know, but I'm still standing. This relationship gets to be personal now. So here's what I want everybody to just do this real quick and we're going to go. Because I needed help when I had a chance to come to God. I didn't, I didn't know about all that coming to the street front, front of the church. And I was scared. Because I didn't want to do the wrong thing. So I need everybody. Let's just do something together right now. Say, Lord. No, come on. You, you, don't, you, can, you can just speak it so God can hear it, okay? Because... Don't just think it because he's not going to answer your thoughts because you're thinking too We think a lot of bad stuff. You're going to have whatsoever you say, not whatever you think. So if you want to give him your life right now, say, Lord, I heard you today. And my family doesn't even know that I've been dropped. I've been run over. They have no idea that I was almost swept away. By the sweeper man. But you sent someone to help. You saved my life. And God, I thank you that today I can start over. I can reset. This sermon was just for me. And God, right now, I give you my life. If you can use this life for anything, use me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Not a lot of dramatics, right? No organ screaming in the background. I'm not spitting, hollering, spitting on you. It was just personal between you and God. And, you know, that's just the way it that's just the way it is. We know what it means now to be in a room, in a hospital, in a parking lot and having service. We know what that is now. But we also know what it means to go first and wait on him. And look as strange as Mary Magdalene. Because I just believe he's coming back. I just do. I just do. Now, if you just accepted the Lord in your life, that's great. We would love for you to be a member of IBOC. I didn't ask you to come down to the altar today, sign some papers. We could do that. But every time you invite a believer, there are doubters in the room. And sometimes our techniques, as careful as we are here in church, still may make some people feel a little uncomfortable. But I guarantee you more people accepted Jesus today than probably would join the church. And that's what's most important, that you get your life together with the Lord. You know that little truck at the airport that pushes those
planes out onto that runway. I was talking to Mike Haskell about this one day. That's what I believe this church is. It's like that little truck that pushes them planes out there at the airport. Nobody knows who's in that truck. They just know all those famous people on that plane. That plane takes off. And that plane would have never taken off. That plane would have never taken off had that little truck not pushed it away. Maybe IBOC is just a little truck. Thirty, forty years ago, a lady named Helen Shelton Gibson Osbrook pushed me away. She never went to places I went. She never met the people I met. But she saw something in me. She called me nephew. You're going to go some places. Everybody has somebody in their life. Your mom and dad may never go where you go, son. But you know their job is to just push you out. It seems so cruel, doesn't it? So hard. Man, it's like, y'all pushing me away. No, son. We're pushing you onto your runway. And as much as we love our children, we would love for them to stay in the house. And, but they got to take off. And, and you're going to go places your parents didn't go. You will. You'll do things that they haven't done. I guarantee you. And maybe one day you'll be able to come back. And you won't be able to say, Mom and Dad, thank you for this and thank you for that. Because it's too much to number. But maybe one day you'll go and say, thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. For just pushing me away. It's pushing me out on the runway. That's what this church is, y'all. Let's don't make any mistakes about it. You can be famous for the wrong thing. But if you guys, as you get pushed away and God sends you into your destinies, just every once in a while, send somebody back so we can help push them too. That's what we do. <laughs> I was blessed today by your presence. If no one's ever been glad to see you walk into a room, I want you to know today that if I never see another Sunday, and oh, I will, so don't be taking no bets. It was good to see you today. Oh, that sound, oh, that sound. Oh, that sound that filled the house. That sound, what you just did. Let me tell you what you just did, Ibach. You just pushed thousands of churches back onto the runway. Somebody's looking and saying, oh, they did that? They did that. The house wasn't full of people, but it was full of God. Okay, I'm trying, to, I'm stopping, I'm, I'm stopping, I'm just trying to end church, I'm just, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I just have never played church before. Oh, I have fun as a Christian. But everything you've stood for in this ministry has been challenged. 
Some of y'all still here. Just like Mary. Who would want to play the role of Mary Magdalene? All during church. You just sit there. No lines. No fame. Not even looking at your face. If I'm going to be in, I want to be seen. God says sometimes... I just want you to be available. Hey, handsome. You ever been to this church before? That's just what happens here. This little guy sent me a card. He couldn't even talk good last time he was here. Sit down right there. There you go. Put your little Pee Wee Herman suspenders on. Got them little tight britches on up here in this pulpit. But he would, he would cry. His mom and dad would bring him by the church. He would cry. Please, please, please let me go see Pastor Rutchin. He sat there and cried and cried. And they called me up. And I came from home. And he was out by the fountain. And, and man, I'm talking about you. How old are you now? Huh? Four? Yes. And so I thank you all for letting your children experience God here. We love children here. Children are 100% safe in this environment. And the reason everything that you see working here today is produced is because God raised children to do it. So just think about that. The very fabric that God knows that we would need would be the enemy that Satan would attack. We cover your children. Protect your children. Amen. So we're going to take up our offering today. You got some offering? Yes. Yes, sir? Yes. You got some offering? Go get your offering from your dad. Hurry up, or from your mom. Hurry, because we can give offering. Now, everybody here on your phone, there's an app that we're going to put on. Um, it's, um, okay, now this one here last time we saw him, he was a little bitty boy. Boy, COVID hit his family hard, didn't it? That boy's big. Now, they just called me from Walmart. They're looking for their Easter basket. They just some people. How you doing, Justin? Justin's one of the children in our ministry that was diagnosed with autism. And I just told his mom and dad, just let him love coming to church. Ushers used to hold him down, don't let him walk around. The boy got some muscle on him now. We don't fool with him. Got them half short britches on. Amen. That mask getting a little tight, Justin. You wore that an infant. You need to get your big mask now. But we're very proud of you. Okay. That's just what we do here, y'all. We just love people and we love our young people. So if you, there's an app on your phone. We all give electronically pretty much on an app called GiveLify, G-I-V-L-I-F-Y. Put that app on your phone and, and watch God put something in your account. Now that sounds kind of strange and different for some people. The others of you that are listening now, I please, I plead, plead with you to join us with this 90-day reset promise. That means for the next 90 days, next three months, you're saying, God, I'm going to be in church 100%. Whether it's online or in person, I'm going. for Because you got to get back in that habit again. That's why we say 90 days. And, Lord, when I'm giving an offering, I'm going to give to you for the next three months. I'm just going to make a commitment to do it. Nobody's going to call you and punish you about it. I will call and we'll pray with you. We'll talk to you. Just a lot of things. But we got to know who you are and where you are. So we're going to give our offering right now. There are some brothers on the wall that are going to walk through the aisles with some baskets. There are two baskets that they have. A red one is for pastoral support. It's been a long time since we've seen that basket. Amen. 
I promise you, if you're giving that offering, I will make a trip to the mall. And I have that basket specifically raised because that's, if you want to say, we used to call it in the old church, love offering for the pastor. And I say that because I don't want you to accidentally put your tithes in there. We don't want to trick people in this church. Don't put your tithes in that red basket. The preacher never, nobody gets your tithes but God. If you want to offer the preacher something, I thank you. And I will take that. And if you got some old COVID money around, you don't want to touch. Amen. I'll take the COVID money in Jesus' name. Dip it in some Lysol and go spend it at a dollar store. And on the serious note, that black offering basket, that's your tithes. And if some of you want to give personal offerings, write a check and say, thank you, Jesus, for bringing us through. A lot of things have been affected since we've been away, but your giving has stayed top-notch. You personally, thank you for that. Let's spend our next three months reaching people and let them know it's okay to come back to church a little bit at a time. When we get the vaccination here, you'll hear about it. You come and you take it. If you need a COVID test any day of your life, call the church. We are 100% accredited. This is not one of those places that, you know, just, just do it. No. Our laboratories are in full effect right, right now. Our COVID uh, rapid testing area is in full effect. If you need your blood drawn for any reason, okay, we have a phlebotomist on full-time staff here. We are very serious about your health. We're moving into having our dental offices open. We're moving into having our, our health center's office open. And the point of having it open, y'all, watch this, is so that it can be funded by your benevolence. I don't think we need another hospital. Okay, we got a lot of facilities, but people can't afford. Oh, by the way, our pharmacy is on the way too. So what we want to do is say, okay, we want you, if you need your blood pressure medicine, we want you to get your blood pressure medicine, Okay. And, and I don't think that, I just think I, I, we've always dreamt big. God can supply that. Why can't we pay? If we can give you free food, why can't we give you free blood pressure medicine? Come on, believe big with me, y'all. We don't want to die and just leave the church with a building and a fellowship hall. So we're working full time to bring our medical facility into this place. We're not competing with Parkland, UT Southwestern, and Baylor. All those are great. But we want to be the inspiring body of Christ Church Medical Facility. We've already started the first leg. And so let's get ready to rock and roll. Amen. So let's give an offering right now. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much. Thank you for those tears that flowed. God, we spent a, long, it was, we, we spent a, spent a little time in here today, God. Oh, but we spent so much time away. So thank you, Jesus. Because now we know we're going to go home. We're going to be safe. We're going to talk about how... We had a great time today. And every offering that's given, Satan, we want you to know. We know you're a thief, but you're not going to touch the return on this. It's going to come back a hundredfold. Lives are still going to be blessed and changed. Children are going to go full circle into adults. Our seniors are going to go full circle and be healthy. Families are going to be blessed. And the inspiring body of Christ Church will be what you have called it to be. Thank you, Lord, for those who have been able to stick and stay and grow in wisdom and knowledge in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.
watch these brothers as they walk through these empty aisles in front of you. There should be an aisle in front of you so that they don't have to get near you in order to be able to um, give. So if people ask you, yes, we sanitize before you come in. We do temperatures before you come in. We sterilize every individual, and this may be an inappropriate word, but I, I don't know the other word. Any, every individual toilet area and commode and sinks and countertops. Everything is sanitized. Every time you come out, we hit it and go in. So when you come out, it's not like anybody is... Uh, been watching you but we have because we want to keep everything sanitized every aisle every armrest when you leave we'll sanitize it we have our mask we have our gloves you've been given some gloves why because at some point the holy spirit might move for us to just hold hands with each other and we want you to know that we've taken every 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 precautionary measure to do so it's time for us to get ready to open up the restaurant again right after service some of you want to buy a reset t-shirt that you saw the hospitality team in. They're in the lobby. Those shirts are $20, cash only. ATM machines are open around the service check church. And if you write a check, don't let this be your last Sunday coming back. Just, you know, but get a shirt, get something. Go into the deep. That's our church store. Immediately after service, uh, Terry, you and the girls and all, you'll run out there and we have a diver in the tank. Right now, they'll do a dive show right after service. Good pictures, good memories. Um, take some pictures out there, and they'll be waving at you in that water and all that good stuff. Uh, little Brother Haskell, if you want to go out there and run up there before we, you know, they'll run you out there real quick, and, and they'll just stay in the water. Praise dancers, y'all were, were great today. Thank you for our crew that's here for both services. That was crazy, wonderful. Now, here's what we're going to do. Like, next Sunday, um, we may go back virtual at 8 o'clock, okay, everybody? Because I just want to get some reviews and talk about this. Those of you online, we may be totally virtual at 8 o'clock. And then we'll let you in on, at 10 a.m. service. How many of you want to come back next Sunday? Wow. Thank you. And those of you that are not in person, stay with us online. And again, we want to go maybe 8 o'clock virtual so that we can make sure the buildings are extra sterile and sanitized before you come in. That doesn't mean we lost any faith. I'm still doing three services, what God has asked us to do. But I want to be extra careful. Does everybody understand that? Y'all do? Okay. And you know when you come at 10 service, we give stuff away. So if you're getting hit with a biscuit and some sausage on the way while you're sitting in church, just go on and eat. You all love it. Okay. You know how we do it around here. You may get a cup of water. You may get a honey bun. You may get just, just anything. We just want this environment to be good. We will not give you coffee. Okay, because some of y'all need to be delivered. You're addicted. You're looking at me right now like I'm a Starbucks. Just come on, preacher. I appreciate you. So on our 10, 10 now those of you that want to keep back in the choir, choir won't sing, let's say again, at 8 a.m. next week. We're going to gradually go into that. We did that today to honor our significant seniors. But if one or two or some want to come, I'm not going to stop them, but we're not going to have open service until 10 a.m. You have just shown churches all over America how to go back in church. And that's all God wants to use us for. All right, I'm going to dismiss. Um, Y'all going to run to the lobbies and take some pictures, go to the deep in the church store and buy some stuff. You haven't done that in a long time. Get some free wristbands. See us here Wednesday night at 7. Tomorrow is Monday school. Now, Monday school will be in the building. That's just our Bible study. It'll be right in this room. All right. Uh, I see a person with a hand up. Is that you, Sister Straw? Good to see you. Hey. You did what? Oh, I'm great. 
You have two grandchildren that need to be blessed, christened. All right, tell you what, let's do that then. Did you call the church already? Oh, you left the information. Okay, then we'll call you this week and tell you when we'll do it. Are they in Dallas? That, that girl don't need to, that's a big old girl. Oh, the baby. No, I thought she, she looking at that dude. That dude got a mustache. I'm not blessing that. <laughs> no, people do that. You know, this is my grandson. That boy, hey, 28 years old. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, sister. You know, because we haven't been around each other a long time. People, y'all get used to people. Huh? That baby needs to be, well, let's just make it an appointment. Let's just do it next Sunday morning. We do that by appointment only. We don't have a bunch of babies up here anymore. So next Sunday morning, our team is listening to me right now. Y'all, um, so give that information. Sister Nettie has the information. Just that one? Where's the other one? Is she a little one also? Just a month. Okay, now. If she, if she come walking down here next week like this, we, we're going to say, look, I'm not picking you up. If you've never been to Ibach before, welcome to the family. We don't claim to have. Yeah, who is that right there? Sister Lori, hey. Yes, Sister Straw. Next Sunday morning at the beginning of service, we'll arrange for Christine's deacon. We got that? It's just how we do it. Yes, ma'am. The Women's Fellowship shirts are in the lobby right now. And we'll give you a free mask if you buy the shirt. You sure look pretty today, Sister Lori. Brother Beaumont, you picked a nice dress. That's great. All right. I appreciate all of you. I just want to hug y'all so much. Man, super dad. Mm, super mom. Superman. Oh, wait a minute. Stand up, son. Y'all see this? That's some furry stuff right there. All right. Tupac called. He wanted his jacket back. How you doing this morning? Yes, yes. I'm not going to say nothing. That's too easy. That's too easy. I appreciate you. Now, listen, we got to dismiss you the right way. We got to keep things decent and in order. That's why I'm standing here, right? Now, we have a team that does all of this, but we got to model this now. That's why Pastor's still here and doing all this talking today. We're going to dismiss you, and we're going to dismiss from the back. I'm going to have some of our guests here in the front to go out first because I know they want to kind of get some viewing of the shots before we uh, take off to the office, you know, do it like that. All right. Anybody else want to say anything? Oh, are we still on air? Are we still live? Oh, God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow at Monday School, or we'll see you tonight at Dream Church at 6 p.m. It's been a great Sunday. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Reset Podcast with Pastor Ricky Rush. If you would like to make a contribution or a donation to the Inspiring Body of Christ Church Ministry, do so by going to www.ibocchurch.org and give. Thank you so very much. Also, you can find IBOC on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and our website, ibocchurch.org. Well, that's all we have for today. Tune in next time and experience the joy right here on Reset with Pastor Ricky Rush.